I hope everybody's having a good time tonight so far. It's 6.56 p.m. on the East Coast. <clears throat> and we're just getting everything looking and sounding just right. Uh, we have Rich Barris that is coming on the show, spending a little bit of time with us around 7.10 p.m., right at the top of the hour. And um, it is going to be a good one. We have him for about 20 minutes. As you know, Rich Barris is the type of guy who is highly sought after in the media in the lead up to and immediately after a major civic event like an election uh, because he is one of the best at what he does. He does. And he's just a really great guy to talk to and a friend of mine. And um, I, have, uh, I have lucked out tonight to be able to get him for 20 minutes at the bottom of the hour. He's going to go off to do another radio interview, and I figured, you know what? I think we might be able to get all of the, the big questions out of the way in 20 minutes. After that, we'll take a break. We'll welcome your calls. We'll watch some media. In the second half, I don't know. I've got a couple of letters from the audience. We're going to keep the lines open, and I also have a uh, really interesting article that I've been waiting to, to do. It's from Revolver, and it's about Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. Once again, there he is. He better sleep with both eyes open, they say, after he links Hillary to that whole thing about pizza. We'll talk about it in the second half when we are off of YouTube and elsewhere. So uh, we will have you guys, I don't know, it's just going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. And then after this all ends at 9 o'clock, we start session two of Book Club for Lucifer's Hammer. Which I gotta say, <laughs> it's something else, as they always are. And I hope that you guys join us in uh, in, in future book club sessions. And of course, this will be public in uh, you know mid mid February, something like that. So that's what we got going on tonight. I hope you're all ready for it. I hope you're all excited. Thank you to my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. Uh, there's so many wonderful things going on on the affiliates page on QuiteFrankly.tv. Blue Monsters at the top of the heap over there. Doesn't matter what it is. Go get emergency food, drinking water, uh, or drinking water filtration, gas masks, heirloom seeds for your crisis garden, two-way radios, solar power generators, all types of first aid. Uh, you know, entire kits, first aid cabinets, uh, specialty things. You got to go and get it because not only do you have the opportunity of speaking to amazing people who know what they're doing, Pat and Gina, they're members of this audience and they are actually very specially trained in using all of the equipment that, that they sell. And they go even go as far as making their services available to law enforcement. So they know what they're doing and we don't know what's coming our way. 
Is it Lucifer's hammer? Sure feels like it. In what form? That's the question. Anyway, whatever form Lucifer's hammer hits, Pat and Gina has a solution. <laughs> uh, but they really do. Seriously. Uh, so go to bluemonsterpref.com, promo code FRANKLY for free shipping. But uh, there's more on, on the affiliates page. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver, that's quite frankly.gold. Um, go and get your first ounces of silver. Uh, get your little chips of gold. They have gold backs there as well. Whatever it is, there's Flip City Magazine. There's uh, the Quite Frankly Coffee Blend. It's all there. Yes, Cacao, Magical Botanical Chocolate. You got to go do it. Rob's Kung Fu Channel. Oh, there's more. There's more. The merch. So that's a wonderful way to support the show and other great American businesses out there. So where do we go from here? Tomorrow night, Matt from Cultivate Elevate is on, so we're going to be getting into some nice occult technology type stuff. That's going to be great. He hasn't been on since we did the uh, the Electroculture show over the summer, which is a very, very big hit over here. Reverend Bill Bean on Thursday. Nor Bin Laden has now said she's going to be coming on with me on Friday. I said, I don't know what we'll do on Friday, and we still, we have some things to do. We'll jump into some threads. We'll have a good time. But I was talking to Noor, because we, we keep in touch. And, of course, Davos is happening right now, and that is right in her backyard. So she always covers it when it's going on in Switzerland. But um, she and I were on the phone briefly today, and she said uh, she'll, she'll come on in the first half of the Friday night show to give a week review of all the big things that happened at Davos all of the the most incredible quotes and uh, and things that were said and discussed over there. If you are a fan of the War Room, uh, Steve Bannon's War Room, or uh, Mel K, our good friend Mel, uh, Nora has been doing daily live hits on those shows all throughout the week, and I would recommend um, going checking them out, especially Mel. Please go check them out, and then at the end of the week we'll have Nora on. At 1 o'clock in the morning, her time, to spend a little time with us here. And she'll give us a big review. So that's what's going to be on on uh, Friday. Good news about the computer at Studio A, at Studio 69. Um, the computer is arriving, they say, by tonight. Now, it's already 7 o'clock. I don't know if anybody's going to be here to sign for it by 8. I, I don't know. But uh, they, whereas they said it was going to be here from between the 20th and the 23rd, which I almost blew my lid. Then came FedEx saying, oh, it's going to be there soon. It's going to be there tomorrow. So meeting today. So one way or another, it looks like I'm going to have it in my possession for the weekend. Whether or not I'm going to be able to assemble a crew to help me. Uh, move the process along uh, that is yet to be seen but at least we're not waiting until the 20th you just never know I hope that I'll be back in my old seat at the bigger cockpit next week but let's finish up this one in style shall we all right first one up in the grab bag and then we're going to go up uh, we're going to jump into um, other things later on here's a story that I want to just throw out there to you guys and gals Here's a story that I want you guys to uh, tell me what you think about, because this will be a bonus thread in the second half. Uh, you know, Bill and Ted 4 is being written right now. It's being written, says Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves coming back, 
Um, and uh, I, I just want to ask you guys something. Are there in this age of terrible prequels, sequels, not letting a story go because you just want to just you know leech on some cash cow that that's got some more blood left to give? Are there any movies out there that if there was a good screenplay and a director you can trust that you would love to see be revived in either a sequel or a prequel fashion? Is there? The thing I, I come up with first when I see Keanu Reeves doing another Bill and Ted is Constantine. Okay, that's something if there was a great, I, you know, forget about, forget about Disney kind of disasters. Think about, okay, it's a given that there is a good script and there is a good director. What would you like to see a prequel or a sequel of? Write it down and then call it in in the second half. With that being said, uh, we are going to kick this one off because Rich Barris is going to be showing up any minute, and I don't want to waste a second. I don't want to waste a second because uh, we have a little bit less time than usual, even though he will be back with us on the 30th for his regularly scheduled appearance. With that, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is Max Caparato at 12,060 feet. You can get as high as I am by watching the Quite Frankly podcast. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! will get smooth at home don't worry you know it's like driving a new car it's always something new hey uh while we're waiting for rich because of course th th there's a lot of things i gotta ask i gotta whittle it down to the most important questions because we only have 20 minutes oh wait rich's hair hair rich's hair rich has more hair than i do hold on let's bring rich in Hey, hey, Rich, welcome. Hey, Frank, how's it going, brother? Oh, it's going, man, it's going. So listen, how tired are you right now? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, you're not the last one. I just kind of, point. I just, Laura points in the direction and I just kind of go, you know, it is what it is. This is the part of the, uh, 
This is part of the job. You know, when the elections come, it gets pretty crazy. But yeah, I'm pretty tired. I can it's imagine. All right, I live, you know, you deal. Oh, absolutely. You know, th thankfully, it's like it's like with Santa Claus. You, they, he has all year to get ready for that one big election. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. uh, in your case, on a year like this, now we're talking primaries. We're talking. I mean, it, it's a whole year oh, yeah. of Christmas Eves. So I, I understand what's going on. But this, just give us the big takeaways, and then I have some follow up questions. Obviously, Trump won, but uh, you know, what do you think is the most important things to take away? Well, there are three records. You know, it's not just that Trump won. It's, you know, how much he won by and then how these demographics voted. The expectation game as well. That's always a big thing when it comes to these races. It's, you know, everyone's trying to get momentum or spin a narrative. Did this one meet their expectations? Did that one meet their expectations? Look, three weeks ago, um, you could, I, and I did, you could talk to all of the campaigns, you know, which I only talked to three because there were only relevant ones. But, uh, well, that's not true. There was someone from... Uh, Christie's world. He just had such a weird structured campaign. Um, they all said three weeks ago, if Trump beats us by 20 points in Iowa, uh, there's really realistically that means going forward, there's really not going to be a way to beat him. Uh, maybe there'll be some bright spot in New Hampshire for either Christie or, or Haley, uh, which, you know, that depends on these results. I think Haley's going to be blunted now. Uh, but reality is that they will not have the money. They won't be able to continue. And uh, that'll be it. Then the goalposts started to move Trump, you know, and Trump had to beat him, Frank, by by uh, more than that. And, oh, if he doesn't crack 50, if he doesn't hit 50 percent, look, Trump did everything expectations wise that he needed to do and more. He beat uh, Rob Bob Dole's uh, record, you know, for the largest margin ever in the Iowa caucuses. He beat Ted Cruz's record for the most votes ever received in an Iowa caucus. And it was the fastest the Iowa caucuses have ever been called uh, after the caucus um, doors closed. So, you know, it, this is we, we can I, I just want to preface, you know, all of this analysis with saying that this is now a race for the first loser uh, in the hopes uh, their hopes that, you know, the prosecutors or rogue secretaries of states find some way to keep him off the ballot and they could try to take this nomination from him. It is not easy going after New Hampshire for anybody, Frank, the demographics. That's what all that matters to me is the math and um, the math that he's he's it, this is over. This primary is over. Now, you, you just said closer. You know, now, you just not. said it was a high uh, the most uh, it was a record for most votes in an Iowa GOP caucus by a non-incumbent one candidate received yeah okay yes uh, but, one candidate because the turnout was actually lower than because of the weather turnout was actually lower than is expected. that is so, that the is that is that the primary reason why because of course because the turnout was so oh, low yeah. all of oh, yeah. the uh you know all, all of the the, the left-wingers out there who are reporting on this to their base are just saying oh sure yeah trump won but it was a record low turnout they equate that to enthusiasm what does enthusiasm look like to you obviously yeah i don't think so i think when we start to get around some of these snow states and we get into some of these other primaries we're going to see some pretty big numbers if if there's still people who are trying to win this contest. Um, I do think it absolutely look, Iowa, it is uh it was life-threatening cold out there. They had a ton of snow on the ground. Weather impacts turnout. They know that. They're just trying to be they're trying to find a bright spot in uh what is you know, very there are very few areas to try to find a bright spot at this point. Very, very few areas. And um, you know, that everyone likes to spin, but there's just no doubt. We polled last month, weather wasn't an issue at all. 
and it looked like it was going to be about 45% first-time caucus goers, which was a big number, um, closer to 2016. And we could see it when we got into polling this month and that weather kicked in. It just kept ticking down, you know, 45, 43, 42, 41, 38, 39, and eventually ended up at like 34%. You know, so it was it was most definitely the, uh, the weather was the primary factor. For sure. Okay, so I have a couple. And yeah. I know we were very, we're very limited on time tonight. So I have some rapid fire. As rapid as you can, Rich, I understand that these are very, very nuanced things and you are jammed full of information. But first thing, you already mentioned it. I was on last night, normal time, 7 to 9, and I asked the audience if they would be, you know, I was just, you know, creating some conversation. Would you be staying awake to see the results, thinking that we would get some information around 11 p.m. or something? I did not expect to to have AP AP calling it for Trump and and Fox in the 8 o'clock hour. Now, there is not much civilized overlap between Ron DeSantis and Trump supporters, but I saw a lot of people agreeing uh, regardless of what we all knew was going to be a major Trump victory, that it, it didn't seem kosher at all that the race would be called so soon with so much time for people to still vote. And I, was the were the polls closed? Were people still voting? Can you explain how the victory was determined so quickly? Yeah, I can. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of misunderstanding here. That's the the bottom line. Now, Frank, let me just tell you, we knew the race was over. We knew obviously it was safe to call, but we did not call it. As uh, even though we told viewers, look, this is over, you know, bottom line, but it wasn't actually called a check mark was not put on our graphics uh, for a bit. There was number one, some questions about whether Johnson County had reported results right. So we wanted to make sure that that was true. But caucuses aren't like primaries and caucus results are fed through very sporadically. And what happened is we did get initial results pretty quickly before I think people understand, um, you know, you know, caucus doors, you had to be online by six 30, the doors closed at seven, depending on the size of the caucus site, we got results like pretty quickly. Each candidate gets three minutes to say a statement and then they do a blind or a uh, secret ballot and they tallied up and reported it back to the state uh, with an app. And we had that first chunk that came in. And what that first chunk told us is that some of it came from the Northwest, some of it came from the Southeast, what really more Trumpy areas, North, Northeast and Southwest were the late ones. But otherwise, we got them in the Des Moines area. We got them in the Eastern Cities area. And what they showed us is that the um, the polling, pre-election day polling, and even the entrance day polling, which I hate entrance and exit polls. You know that. I don't like it. And I, if we were all ethical and ab- abided by the contracts, I wouldn't mind it, but we don't. And um, and they always leak and people always misinterpret them and it influences elections, in my opinion, as well. But this was very different. This was not a close race. It wasn't close. And when those early results came in, it it just gave you a way to look at it and say, OK, they're right. You know, those projections, though, but based on these different demographics are right. He's okay. winning this area by that much. He's winning this area. So we did have um, I, I think a lot of people just thought they made those calls solely off the exit polls or the entrance polls they didn't we got a chunk of a couple thousand votes from different areas around the state and it told us what we needed to know okay it really did yeah cause, cause, and i understand why people were suspicious because even i said what sure because you know I, I can't escape the feeling that we were mollified by outlets like the because the, the biggest thing is that it wasn't you rich it was the associated press and fox news 
who was mainly yeah. getting the thing out there. And, and you know, we, we were all murdering the AP and Fox for calling races way too early on election uh, in election years past. So it seemed like a really easy way to get us all to call the dogs off now that we got an outcome we wanted, albeit an outcome that they can afford us with little risk because it was just a caucus. It wasn't anything else. But um, that, okay, well, then I'll... Like, uh, take out, let me just say, take Arizona, for instance, when they did that in 2020. That there, By the way, AP and Fox share exit polls. They do something different called um, Fox News or Voter Analysis, they call it, but it's called AP VoteCast, and they, they started doing that together after um, 2016. And I just want to point that out. So that's why they were calling them together, and those two were so close, because they were making... Um, you know, their their assumptions based on those entrance polls that were the AP vote cast. I just want to say, though, that the sampling errors were way outside, you know, like Arizona. That was not a good call because the sampling errors were way outside. In 2018, they called the House before voters were even I mean, it was like five o'clock in California. Mm. This was something different. It really was, man. I'm telling you, OK, we had enough number. I don't know when they called it. They did call it all earlier than us. I know our viewers were like, hey, CBS called it. Fox called it. AP and we're like, OK, that's great. We just want to make sure the votes from Johnson County are accurate and then we'll tell you. And then we waited, you know, so I know we did not do it like everyone else. Uh, so I get people's criticisms. I do. Um, but they just assumed that those Johnson numbers were right. We didn't. And by the way, they were wrong. Mm -hmm. They were even more favorable to Trump when they were corrected. But it didn't matter. We knew something was wrong. And we were told, oh, hold on, let's we need to um, we need to uh, confirm this. And so we waited. We did, okay. but it wasn't much longer, you know, maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It wasn't much longer. Now, so that is, um, <clears throat> here is Nikki Haley now. I had, there's a tweet last night by End Wokeness on Twitter. You probably have seen it. <clears throat> and, I've seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it said that, you know, it got a lot of, got a lot of traction because, you know, I guess a lot of people thought it was a, it was a, an answer, a question worthy of getting an answer. And End Wokeness said, Nikki Haley's overall performance tonight is extremely concerning. She won't be the nominee or even make it close, but her strength is very telling. It shows that once Trump is gone, the GOP could easily revert back to its old ways, the warmongering, the, uh, the, the doxing of anonymous accounts on social media, all that stuff. Uh, she wants to be nicer to illegals. How does she even contend in the race? Now, I want to I want to take that and I want to couple it with something point. else. Couple it with something else. Um, a lot of people explained and tried to um, offer an opinion on why she did so well last night, and it being uh, the caucus is being pretty much like an open primary. Uh, is is that she was the beneficiary of a lot of Democrat crossover in an open primary, uh, you know, uh, atmosphere? Or how do you uh, how do you address what end wokeness brings up? Yeah, so there's it's you know I'll try to like you said I'll try this is kind of a complicated answer, but um, it is a closed caucus system. They just allowed them to have same day registration and same day change. A lot of the money Nikki Haley is using, okay. and it's all dark, so it's real hard to follow, folks. She's using a lot of digital targeting to like reach out to these Democrats and behavioral Democrats who are independents to try to get them to come out and vote for her, saying, like, listen, we know you don't like, you know, Biden has a, a problem with his own base, and particularly those voters, and say, look, come out and vote for Nikki Haley because he's, she's a better chance to, to help stop Trump. Yeah, we know you don't like Biden. And because they don't really have a contest, that's happening. And this could backfire on Biden, him attempting to like rig the primary. In the end, this could backfire. We're going to find out millions and millions, and, and I'm talking tens of millions, Frank, 
have just alone in Iowa and New Hampshire been used to get those people out. I spoke to a, a caucus captain in Johnson County because remember it flipped one vote to her. She said that the Haley campaign ushered in nine Democrats at the last minute to flip that county. And that happened everywhere because we spoke to three different caucus captains. One in one of the more populated uh, caucus sites in Johnson told me that 33, maybe 40 percent of her caucus site was were Democrats changing their registration and who had changed their registration and that uh, those were all brought in from the Nikki Haley campaign. So, you know, part of that answer, the first part of it is it absolutely can revert back if, you know, something um, if if you're not careful, if we're all not watching, you know, and they get their way because the donors never agree with the base and the grassroots of the Republican Party. The donors are bushies. The donors are not MAGA. There are some, but very, very, very few. They're not traditional conservatives even, man. These are Democrats. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Not like outward Democrats, but what is going to be soon in the next cycle or two, widely considered to be Democrats. Uh, Nikki Haley is not running like, you know, to win over Democrats like Trump won Obama voters in 16. She is attempting to sabotage the Republican primary. I mean, that is what she is doing. And Christie knew that, by the way. And Christie's own plan was to reach those Democrats and try to uh, get a chunk of support headed out of New Hampshire um, that, you know, would would edge out Nikki. They, they were so, both doing that. So is, that the, is this dead heat that they report that some people are reporting in New Hampshire between Haley and Trump for real or fake? Okay. fake. Okay. Listen, let me tell you guys about the ARG poll. It coincidentally hasn't pulled a single thing until the day that Sununu endorsed and they went to like basically mount this astroturfed fake uh, grass, you know, fake momentum campaign using Sununu's endorsement. They found out the University of Massachusetts Lowell poll was coming out that was Trump plus 30. This thing just coincidentally comes out, you know, and Sununu is pushing it like crazy. They're pushing it like crazy. And it's Trump plus four. This is a month ago. OK, and then two weeks later, a new round of polling comes out uh, from credible outlets, Suffolk, Emerson. Right. And it shows and, and some college, et cetera. And it shows that, yeah, the race tightened a little bit. Nikki had some momentum, but it's still about 20 points, you know, the RCP average. And by the way, the UMass Lowell pollster said this will throw any cold water on any notion that Sununu's endorsement gave her momentum. So if you're them, you don't want that to be the headline. And I'm sorry, but I'm calling bull you know what on ARG and all my other pollsters should come out as well and at least ask them to release the basic standards of disclosure that is of required of all of us, right? That AP poor lays out. It's not like it's like a requirement. You'll get fined. But in order to be credible, you should and have to. We all do uh, release this stuff. They haven't released a single one. All right. Now, one thing alone is not enough for me to call a pollster out like this. Taken all together over a month's long time that they just happen to keep dripping out these numbers. When they when Anselm College in Suffolk came out and showed it was still basically a 15 to 20 point lead for Trump, they went to Trump plus three. You know, and it was they're dropping these on the same day. Now, once again today, coincidentally, she gets her, you know what, kicked in Iowa, misses expectations, absolutely fails, comes in third place. And there just happens to be yet another ARG poll that's favorable to Nikki Haley. And by the way, that two week period, 
Even Americans for Prosperity, which is the Koch brothers pack, released their own poll. When ARG had Trump plus three, they still had Trump plus 15. They're full of crap. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm oh. calling it out. I, Where are the cross tabs? Well, Where's the detailed methodology statement? There's a reason they're not on RCP anymore. See, detailed methodology statements and cross tabs. I don't know what the fuck those are, but. Well, at least where the pollster comes out and says, this is how we did the poll. Here right. are the cross tabs. Right. But how different. This is crazy that they're allowed to put out a PDF and and she's a major presidential candidate. And it's totally, again, it's not one thing. It's all of these things taken together. You know, that's when you really see the PSYOP. And it's not like they're a few points off, Frank. Yeah. The day they released their first Trump plus four, which was BS, the University of Massachusetts, which is a credible poll, was still Trump plus 30. Something is wrong here with ARG and everyone else better. I, I'm sorry. This is not okay. Here's now a real criticism of the polling industry, which you know I've been a critic of for a long time. Some of the stuff I've heard this cycle is ridiculous and it was not okay. But this is why this is why I got so mad at that, by the way, because it distracts away from credible uh, criticism. And this is something everyone should come out and say, hey, come on. What the hell are you doing? Well, you, have you been, do you have any affiliation with this campaign at all? Do that. And that's, they should be asked these questions. That's why I asked because whereas I don't, Timing's I suspect, don't know, man. I don't know all of the, uh, you know, the, the technical terms or the, the methodology that you use. All, what I do have is my gut instinct, and many people do, there do too. And when you see a, a woman like, um, like Nikki Haley, who's, you know, as a candidate. We see she is she is a little bit less repulsive than Kamala Harris was, and and I, I don't see any. I have never seen any Nikki Haley supporter ever in my life. So when I see something like there's a dead heat in in New Hampshire all of a sudden, I don't need to know. I know I'm going to go and ask you to explain it to me, but my gut tells me it's nonsense. And I'm sure everybody else feels that way too. I have one more question because we are running out of time. Five minutes. Well, Damn, how much already? How much? Wow. How much time do you have on your your clock over there? Five minutes. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't. Let me look and see. I'm not even kidding. She just does it, and I leave it up to you guys to to work it out. Well, Laura, Laura said no seven thirty. Okay. Well, if that's what you said, that's what you said. Okay. I know there's like some uh, a radio interview or something after. Right. I just didn't know what time it was, but go ahead. Well, he, he, here's if my it line. rings, I'll let you know. We'll bounce. No you know? doubt. But we no can doubt. Keep going until it does. I know. I know. I know. But you know what? You need your rest too. I and we're and you're going to be on with us on the thirtieth. So here's my question yeah, for you to, to end. I remember she said that. I know that Trump has maintained an enormous lead over all the other candidates this entire time, but when it comes to November. What is the likelihood of, you know, and, and what is the impact of DeSantis and whatever kind of Haley voters there are um, saying, OK, fine, I'll I'll vote for Trump after all. Now, and I and, and this is why the reason why yeah. I asked, because I mainly asked because uh, as the story goes across, you know, the several key states in 2020, it was a cumulative total of 80,000 votes. That was the difference between them uh, feeling confident in awarding those states to to uh, Biden as opposed to Trump. And there is such an ugly divide. Yeah. There's an ugly divide between Trump voters and everyone, at least visible online. I don't you know, you know, online is a is, is you know, it's, it's a delusion in, in itself. But, you know, I'm not a DeSantis supporter, but I wouldn't be shocked if most of them who are at least have been online stay home on election night after they you know the, how ugly this has been. 
um, if they have to take their ball and go home, do, do they leave uh, how, the, the home uh, on election night and vote for Trump? What, what do you know about the flexibility of— um, That's a great question. Yeah. That's a great question because we, we, I think we're the only ones who ask— um, because we started doing this to measure the Trump or bus vote. Like there's clearly a vote out there that only comes out for Donald Trump. And how big is that compared to those who may not like Trump? And that's why we even started this. And as the primaries got on, we started asking people, if your guy, your first choice or your girl is not the nominee, would you vote for the Republican nominee? And by the way, we asked Democrats the same thing. Uh, would you vote for the other party's nominee? Would you consider the third party? You know, would you write in the, your first choice if you have an, a write-in option? Or would you not vote at all? Like, what would you do? And the truth is, online is, um, it's real, you know, Twitter's real world, but it's not representative. Right. And there is a big difference between DeSantis voters and Haley voters. DeSantis's voters overwhelmingly say, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. The people online don't represent the whole of the DeSantis voter. They just don't. Now, Nikki Haley, only about 45% of Nikki Haley's voter say that they would either uh, vote for Trump or DeSantis. And I've been trying to explain this to people. Christie was the same way. Vivek, overwhelmingly, I'll vote for the Republican, you know. But Nikki's voters and Christie voters, and Christie's out now, but, but, you know, it's still worth noting we've been doing this for months. They have long said that they're really not like Republicans. They're not like 40 percent, 45 say, OK, I'll vote for the Republican. The other would vote for the Democrat or vote for the third party, maybe not vote. The good news, though, if you're a Trumper, you're you know, you're any you're Republican in general, because it's not just Trump. These people wouldn't vote for DeSantis either. That's what they say. Um, but the bottom line is they're small compared to. The shifts of, for instance, a non-primary 2020 Biden voter who voted for Biden and now say they would vote for um, Donald Trump. We're talking millions and millions and millions and millions of people. You know, Nikki Haley in a national primary, for instance, in her national vote, she's going to get – I'm generous. I'm being generous. Let's say 13 percent of that 40 say that they'll still vote for Trump. That's very little because it is just a primary. It's not the entire general electorate. Yeah. Um, it's not like what we saw with Bernie Sanders when Bernie was getting like 50 percent of the Democratic vote and 15 to 20 percent of them were saying I'm voting for Trump because Bernie had a bigger vote share that 15 to 20 percent hurt Hillary bad hmm. you know so yeah it's the good news is it's small right now the bad news is there are Democrats. In this, in, in Democrats and Democrat-leaning independents, like if this was a normal Republican primary, Frank, they wouldn't be here. But because Democrats don't really have a contest, they're meddling with the Republican contest. That's what – that's kind of like the bigger or more significant finding from our results. And when – because we when we pull out Republicans who say they're voting for Haley, those are the ones who say largely, nah, I'd vote for DeSantis. I'll vote for Trump. But it's those others, you know, those independents and – um Democrats who are, who are voting in open contests, they're the ones who won't, you know, so like okay. the Des Moines poll that came out on Saturday, it said, you know, half of Nikki's voters will vote for Biden. You remember that? Yeah. Did you see that headline? Right. Because they're not really Republicans. These yeah. are like independents who vote Democrat anyway, and they may be souring on Biden and they think Nikki Haley's the best bet. Okay. They've also been the recipients of $25,000, $30,000 worth of digital targeting, you know, saying, hey, hello. We're from Haley campaign. Vote for us, you know, instead of us. So they're getting targeted. 
So that's why it's it's motivating them out there. Okay, uh, it's, it's, it's really crazy. Before uh, uh, Laura gives you the literal hook, what since you brought him up, what <laughs> happens? What happens to Vivek? Uh, he lost a lot. Uh, of, he lost a lot of favor with uh, the Trump camp in the last hours yeah. leading up to the yeah. caucuses. But you know, Trump is uh, he's you know he's not beyond giving someone he used to bash in an election a job later on down the line. Uh, what do you, what, what do you think Vivek does next? Yeah, well, he's in New Hampshire with Trump right now. Huge, huge crowd. Even though they're waiting six hours in the snow, Frank. The 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 event is packed. People were texting me pictures they had. Um, it, it's huge. I would, you know, he did though that that little, you know, uh, tit for tat at the final hour with Vivek on Friday night. We had him at twelve percent. You know, he cratered because he did he 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 screwed up. He made one mistake, but he made it at the wrong time. And when I'm telling you, when Trump goes to true social and there's my call, you know, and he hits you, you're in deep trouble. So I think, though, there's reconciliation there and Vivek's an asset to him now. Rich, thank you for everything, man. Uh, you go do your thing. We'll talk afterwards. Uh, Rich Barris, big data poll. His link is in the description. Thank you, brother. All the best, brother. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. All right. So there you go. I think that we got Rich at the tail end of his voice just about to give out. You can tell he's been talking all day. And thankfully, we had him. We took the last bit of energy out of his vocal cords. It was us. If he starts cracking like a 16-year-old pubescent boy on whatever radio show he's going on right now, then <laughs> you can blame quite frankly for taking it out of him. <laughs> oh, fuck you, radio show. He's ours. So, okay, let's take a really quick break. Really quick break. When we come back, I'm just going to open up the lines and we'll watch some video of a lot of media reaction that is very, um, very funny. Very funny or some sick, uh, sick, twisted, you know, head, head shit. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Okay. Thank you so much. I think we should keep in mind when we refer to Democrats, we refer to the administration, that there are definitely two groups of Democrats as of today. Number one, there are the millions of loyal Americans who have voted the Democrat ticket. Individuals who are just as loyal, who hate communism just as much, and love America just as much as the average Republican. That's one group. On the other hand, there is that small, closely knit group of administration Democrats who are now the complete prisoners and under the complete domination of the bureaucratic communistic Frankenstein which they themselves have created. Ladies and gentlemen, they shouldn't be called that administration Democrat party. To call them Democrats is an insult to the millions of loyal American Democrats. They shouldn't be called Democrats. They should be referred to properly as the Tommy Crap Party. One click doesn't do it. I was a half a second away from a perfect. 
All right. Anyway, that was great with Rich. I got all of the major questions I wanted to ask in. I think that they were the best ones to. They're, they're, I mean, there's more we could have gotten into. No doubt about it. But uh, you know what? The lines are open, 914-200-0269. And while you call in, we're just going to get into some other things. I mean, there's a whole bunch. There's some Davos clips that are starting to circulate. I guess we can do that in a little bit. Um, which one's this? Harvard moved Claudine Gay to politics department and kept paying her $900,000 a year. Her colleague, Naomi Oreskes is at Klaus Schwab's WEF conference today talking about Twitter being scary and toxic. Hear about this? You know about this? Hold on, take a look. For a long time I was on Twitter, um, and now it's become such a toxic oh, hold on. place that I've concluded it's not a worthwhile place to spend time. And as you've said, it is exhausting. So you do have to pick and choose. And you have to think about where the places where you can get your message across. But I am trying to figure out, I mean, I have given up on X, what a scary name that even is, right? <laughs> it's um, very scary. Which We shouldn't go there. Just shouldn't go there. It's not tofu friendly. <laughs> And I don't know what the alternative is right now. So the question of the social media, I must say that I have abandoned Twitter too, so X, because, yeah, it's a toxic environment. And we talk about, I have no solution on that, but I think... I have no solution on that. We could bound, gag everybody. We could put them in to some kind of a pit. Put them under the ground. Sounds good, right? It won't be scary under there. No light. No natural light. Always women. Oh, I mean, nine times out of ten. They love carrying this kind of a fucking torch. They love it. I don't know why. Let's take a call. 269, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. I, hold on. Let me... Um, hey, I was just thinking about if you thought about Trump's VP. A lot of people are trying to think about who he'd have for a VP. Oh, you know, you know, when um when when Dilly was on last, that's when we had that really interesting exchange, talked about the the VP thing. And he said that he thought that it would be Ben Carson. And if if there was going if we're gonna play of course move the pieces around, I think that would be I think that would be optimal. I think it'd be nice. I think he'd uh it, he would be a highly intelligent reserved calm individual it would create good balance i think he's far more intelligent than that weasel mike pence and um i think i just think it would be better i re really would so i'm holding out what do you think about oh, i'm sorry no, no 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 go ahead well what do you think about um rfk would uh, that be a trip well uh no rfk is a He's a he's a he's good on free speech right now. He's decent on big pharma, but he you go back uh, not even too far, and he is very openly commie. I don't know. I I I, I tip, oh, okay. oh well, listen. I I tip my cap to him on. You know, it, it can't all just be about vaccines that you put somebody. Uh, you know, in these you 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 vote for somebody. It can't all be about that. He's been pretty good on on that front but he's also i mean he's on you can hear him saying crazy shit over the years about guns and 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 everything and of course in the, like you know globalist internationalist policy so i don't know um i don't know about not definitely not for vp but uh he he's 
He's made for some really great commentary on the bureaucratic state, MK Ultra. I've really enjoyed some of the things he's done, but that's that's pretty much where it ends for me. I just I just thought that it'd be interesting if a Republican actually picked a Democrat. They'd be talking about trying to merge and make it like a one system. But, well, well, you know. All right. Well, thank you for taking my call. You yeah. got it. You got it. And and it's a one system. I'd rather it be a little. You know. I mean, I don't know how much that merges. You know, uh, Donald Trump actually won over a lot of Bernie Bernie Bros. I think that it would probably be somewhere along the same thing with with RFK. I mean, you know, RFK is a, a little bit more of an outcast than Bernie is to Democrats and to people on the left. So. I don't know. I don't think Trump needs to make that kind. It, it's always good to have friends. It's always good to be friends with people, but it, uh, I don't think he needs to make that kind of a um, a deal. Let's see. Three one four. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Frank. Well, let me meet this here. Hey, you were talking about last night. What are we going to do after? Okay, so Trump gets back in the office, right? Optimistically, stop the steal. Well, however that pans out, but he's going to be back in office. And then he's going to be out of office, right? So his trump card is us, the people that put him there. There's also what we can do is form our own grand juries, uh, local grand juries, and hold these politicians' feet to the fire, impeach them, and actually hold them criminally charged for treason later. But it's a long haul, but it's a good start. Okay, so then, well, thank you for the call. Let's see, the grand, you know, uh, impaneling your own grand juries. I, I, I guess it could be something that you can do, but I'll tell you one thing. I don't, uh, I don't really see, I don't really see a lot of people putting that kind of time into it. And what are you going to have? You're going to get, get, you know, 16 people together somewhere in, uh, in Nebraska to, to uh, indict Hillary Clinton. For, I mean, I don't know. What I think that where we really always come back down to is, and my bigger question last night is, what does defeating globalism look like if you're not going to be able to, to defeat it through the federal government? This election is 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 going to be great television. Um, there's going to be plenty of great things to discuss and debate along the way. Uh, it's going to reveal a lot already. A lot has been revealed, but uh, ultimately, I'm I got very very low expectations for federal federal solutions for things that are ailing us. The border needs to be solved by border states. It has to be. Um, you, you know, you you can get Donald Trump in to the White House for a few years and completely change around the way that you are managing the border. And that is only, again, you're, you're writing your name in sand. That's why I thought that it, at least the, the border wall, for as long as it could stand up as a structure, would be a little bit better than anything else just because, um, you know, you, you can't tell a wall to stand down. Like you can tell Border Patrol. Like you can, you can have them cut all the razor wire down in Galveston, Texas, or wherever the hell it is. You know, it, it's like un, unless the, the wall falls down, it's always going to be a standing structure. The problem is there's a very vast political culture and bureaucratic culture on the inside of here, this country, that is creating all of our problems and worsening them on, on purpose, which is why I think that the, uh, you know, as far as grandeur, who, who, who's going to bring these people to justice? 
warmongers, child abusers, anything like who who's really going to bring those people to justice? Is it ever going to happen? And who's going to slap the cuffs on them? Is it going to be you or me? I, I, I don't know about that. I guess you just got to take your chances and seize your opportunities where they arise. But in the meantime, uh, everybody in their respective states, local governments, their sheriffs, you got to reconnect with the very, very real legal reality that you are able to nullify illegal federal overreach. You need to start learning that uh, because your eye is off the ball if you're just like, okay, once we take the presidency and we win a House majority, like like why? So we can tinker, tailor with all these uh, these laws that are already illegal that everybody manages together? Both, both parties manage illegal laws, and they try to make adjustments to laws that should not exist. You know, it, it's really just a matter of the, the states finding a way to gain some uh, financial autonomy and uh, take back some of their power and start nullifying line item vetoing. No, we're not sending any money for that. Oh, you're going to, you're that, that's really the big thing there. Now, what I asked last night is how does that translate into defeating globalism? I guess it defeats it in a way where if localities start governing themselves that way, they become unreachable. They become far more unreachable to the globalist unless they're, you know, they're just going to go to the next thing, which is disease X to try to bring everybody down to their knees. Oh, by the way, did you see this? I thought this was, this was hilarious from the mirror in the UK headline scientists discover how to deactivate COVID using UV light to decontaminate spaces. Isn't this what they, uh, they uh, destroyed Trump over? Scientists have found a way to switch off harmful coronavirus particles like the notorious COVID-19 using ultraviolet light, which could help clean public spaces. Now, they're talking about external use of UV, but we found out at the time that there is actually internal UV uh, methods. There is inter and it's not just finding your favorite orifice and shining a light up there. Um, so, but, you know. This was all part of it. I just thought it was it was crazy to see this, that they're actually considering the usage of ultraviolet light to decontaminate spaces and potentially people. Anyway, um, there's that. So, yeah, that's my big, that's my one of my bigger questions these days. Let's take another call. 551, you're on the air. Go ahead. Frank, what's going on, buddy? Frank from New Jersey. Hey, what's going on, Frank? Not much. I just want to run something by you real quick, an observation that I had from uh, what Nikki Haley had said today. She had said that if Trump doesn't debate her, right, one-on-one -on -one this year, she's going to be ending up debating Joe Biden. <laughs> that's, kind of like a, that's like a little ominous to me, and it kind of reminded me, I think you could recall, Frank, of when uh, Donald Trump was ready to debate um, Joe Biden in 2020. Uh, what's her name? And Nancy Pelosi had said that what uh that joe biden was already going to be the president so it was like foreshadowed so she nancy pelosi foreshadowed that like she told everybody joe biden was going to be president and kind of like what nikki haley did today you know frank i laugh i scoff at the um i scoff at nikki haley saying something like that if all things were equal but as you yeah. as you say and rightfully so they plant 
things in people's minds. They actually forecast things that they want to force into being so that when these uh, these outcomes are announced and they are, you know, they're, they're brought to fruition, uh, people just accept them. Say, oh, well, we were trending that way the whole time. Uh, you know, they tell yeah. us for an, the entire summer in 2020 that you we need to get away from this very privileged view of election night being a one night event, that it's going to be far more like election week, if not election weeks, plural. You know, there's a lot of that going on. They that, That's what they did with the whole red mirage theory that, you know, it's going to look like Trump won, but you just give it some days, give it some weeks, and we'll see that it's going to level out a little bit more. Uh, Hillary Clinton came out and said, my my advice to Joe Biden is to not, yeah, she said, do not concede under any circumstances that uh, it's going to take some time, but I'm sure that he's going to win in the end. I mean, I mean, it was, it was so ominous is, is amazing because it wasn't even cryptic. It's not, even it's not even cryptic. I mean, that's how sloppy this is. And that's how brazen this all is right now. So as far as Nikki Haley uh, goes, uh, that is, um, nothing would surprise me, Uh, but what, what, what are they going to do though? It's got to be something that's... Uh, that's that's a good question. That's it. They have something. They have an ace up their sleeve, Frank. I'm afraid to see what it is, but I think they got something already. They're going to pull the rug out from everybody. I can see it. But once you said that today, if he doesn't debate me, then I'm going to be debating the, uh, Joe Biden. I, I knew something's up. If Trump doesn't debate... I got, I got to try to find... Frank, thank you for the call. No problem. Later, bro. Yeah. You, you, you know, we are reading... For the book for the book club after at, at nine o'clock when we end here we're reading Lucifer's Hammer. Yes, I, I he said that's just so ominous. There's a feeling of there's this on, ominous feeling. Um, it's just this ominous feeling. You just don't know what it's going to be. What is it going to be? Next Republican debate canceled after Nikki Haley says she will only participate if Donald Trump does. We got five great debates, blah blah blah. Great five great debates, she says. Yeah, and you were destroyed in every last one of them. You weird freak chin, you and your freak chin. Oh, did you know that she's a Sikh? Did everybody? Did you hear about this? Because of course, this was the. L- listen to this. Hold on. Let's find. Um, let's find. Uh, what's her name? Here is. Uh, <laughs> here's Joy Reid for forty-one seconds giving amazing uh, some amazing commentary on 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 Nikki Haley and and what Nikki Haley is facing being a a candidate in the racist Republican party New Hampshire and I think to the point that you made Steph I mean it, it's the elephant in the room she's still a brown lady that's like, first of all when I saw this clip because why would I ever be watching CNN or MSNBC or whatever it is? She's still a brown lady. I said, what? Nikki Haley's brown now? I guess she always was. I never knew that. I I mean, so I, I knew we were in for it now. Of course, they would know it because they're the most racist people on the planet. They are fine focused on nothing but superficial things, skin color, genitals. That's that's all they have. Of course, stuff. Of course, Joy Reid would have this ready to go. It's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and which accepts the notion that you can say immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. <laughs> what? As she appropriates 
blonde hair. She says this. She's getting, you know, birthered by Donald Trump. Um, and I don't go, care how much the donor class likes her, which will yeah. ramp up a lot, the better yeah. she does in New yes. Hampshire. And there, there's Chris, what's his name? Um, he's the officially male version of Rachel Maddow. And uh, Rachel Maddow is the officially female version of that Chris guy. It's very, very strange creatures. Hey, yes, no, no, I get what you're saying. Very uh, astute, very astute. Uh, Joy, I, I love having you on this uh, on on this panel. We are all very equal here, equal opportunity here. I think that we all balance each other out, don't we, audience? I, I hate these people. I hate these people. I hate them with passion. So it's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party. I know, cause she sucks. Cause she sucks. Sucks. Sucks big. With Donald Trump still around, I can't picture it happening. Yeah, you can't picture. You can't picture. Very hard for you to picture things with a brain with no, 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 no brain in your skull. Nothing. So, I, I just, she's really scraping the bottom of the barrel there to make Nikki Haley's repulsiveness a story of anti-immigrant sentiment in the GOP. But, you know, you got to have something to say. You got to have something. If you are a panelist on MSNBC, you have to have something to say. And there's only so many things that you can say. So you got to find like, how do I, how do I creatively mix these two same colors together? You know, I've got white, I've got black. How dark do I want the gray to be? I, I have nowhere else to go. How do, how dark do I make the gray? How light do I make the gray? Mm, so many, how do we do this? It, it's just so incredible. Incredible. It really is. Nikki Haley. Yeah, well, that is ominous. Is there anything else in this AP article? Um, unfortunately, Donald Trump has ducked all of them. He has nowhere left to hide. He's not hiding. He doesn't need to talk to you fucking losers. He doesn't need to talk to you losers. He said, she said, the next debate I will do, I do, will either be with Donald Trump or with Joe Biden. I look forward to it. <sighs> whatever. You know, whatever. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Maddow melts down over rise of fascism. <laughs> Joy Reid says, Trump, Iowa caucus landslide proves white Christians are racists. Something else, huh? Something else. If we were worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist, fascist let's listen to a little bit of this. I have a couple of minutes before our, our intermission. And the big picture takeaway from that, and I don't mean to be, again, too dark, as you said, on this, but... It is not, if we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried uh, do you understand what fascism is? Crooked face? Huh? Crooked face? McGee? Do you understand what fascism is? Do you understand that every damn solution, every damn solution societal to, to every societal ale 
I mean, it's they they call for fascism. Everything. They love fascism. It's the only option on the table. Worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government. The leader who is there is no representation in this country. What is potential? Where's the potential for fascism? We don't have representative government. We are we are ruled by. We are tormented, tormented by the Praetorian guards in the media. And we are ruled by the people who stand behind the politicians. I mean, we can't even face. We, we don't even know the names of the people who really are doing this to us. Trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm-hmm. But people wanting that Correct. is a yeah. much mm-hmm. bigger part mm-hmm. of that That's equation. Right. Uh, and uh, the American. Thank you, Rachel. This is what we needed. This is why we have you here leading us. Thank you for leading us, Rudolph. Thank you. It was a foggy night up here in the North Pole before you showed up, Rudolph Maddow. Thank you. Thank you. We would have never been able to find our way again unless you came here and really zeroed us in on the real problem. Electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with (laughs) extremism on the (laughs) ultra-right. If there is anybody out there, please, if you are, for some reason, if you are some reason watching, if you're a progressive and you're watching this show for like opposition research or something like that, if you just wanted to dip your toe into the other end of the pool, if you please, if you are watching this and you are not, an, you're, you're just, you love the Rachel Maddow group. If you understand what she's saying, if that's you that she's talking to, can you please call in? Can you please call in and tell me what ultra right is? I need to know what ultra right wing is. I need to know what that is. I want to laugh. I cannot wait for you to describe to me pretty much a less identity based version of the Democrat Party. I cannot wait for you to describe to me what ultra right wing is. That it is just so far to the right that it, it, it what, what? I, I, I would just love to hear this. I would love to hear it. I would love to, for Rachel Maddow to say it, but of course we don't have her available tonight. I would love to say, to hear that. It would make my night. A little bit more of this. For a very long time, they've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before. And I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party. Look at it again. Go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to remember a lot of this. What you're saying is memorable. Yes. Going to save this in my memory banks. Uh. They look at each other with such awe, like you, you're, you're really taking this to the next level, right, Rachel? You're really taking it to the next level, Chris. Thank you so much, Joy, for being here. I never, I didn't think that I could have learned any more than I have tonight. It's, it's incredible because these are the people who, who report on rioting. They find every way imaginable to turn people's eyes away or rationalize the violence, the destruction, the outright terrorism. It's not just violence for the sake of violence, though in some places it is. It's violence for the sake of, uh, you know, 
uh, enriching oneself with new televisions and Air Jordans and things like that. Nobody's robbing grocery stores, like they say. But it's it's violence for the sake of making political impacts in a country. That's terrorism. They have run so much cover for that kind of behavior. And here they are, daring, daring to talk about the you know, Republicans flirting with extremists. Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, you got you got to pay attention to them because they are the most insane people on the planet. And this is what they cannot let go of. So you got to pay attention. Because remember, if this is the way that they see the world and this is the way that they want people who are watching them to see the world, then think about all of the things that could be done and rationalized to, to, to meet that challenge and to make things right. You know, what would you approve of to really stop fascism from taking over your country? What, what means would you approve of? You'd probably, there'd probably be some extenuating circumstances, wouldn't there? By any means necessary, we're talking about the saving of democracy here. It's just incredible. But that's what we have. All right, we're taking a quick break. We're going to uh, be dropping off to quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole and Pilled. You can get that Pilled link there as well. Uh, I'm going to be taking your calls in the second half. Just want to be able to put a nice divider on this one. The full episode will be uploaded to Rumble and BitChute and Rockfin uh, and all podcast platforms within an hour or two after this episode ends. It would be sooner if I didn't have book club to do and an hour from now. But please, follow us over. Follow us over. Two clicks and you're watching for free and you're calling in 914-200-0269. 914-200-0269. It's on the screen right now. Remember it. And I'd love to take your calls in just a minute. We'll be on the other side and I will see you there. The rest of the show is available exclusively at pilled.net. Follow the link in the description of the episode. Get signed up. It's that easy. Or head on over to quitefrankly.tv. Just press play. No paywalls, no censorship, no strings attached. So head on over quitefrankly.tv powered by foxhole and pilled.net it's intermission time folks time out to press the like button thank you Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission.
entering, quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Joe Brandon. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. We are back. <clears throat> we are back for a little while for the second half. I see. I was. Just, I just looked into the um, into the gilded chat over there, and I saw Bo Dizzle said, "Wait, did you see adoration in Reed's face toward Mad Cow? Because I saw restrained hatred." You know, it could be one or the other. You just don't know. Uh, you, if you think these people are friends, they're not. So I wouldn't be surprised if she does hate Rachel Maddow. If she does hate when she goes on a long, seemingly more eloquent tirade rant than Joy Reid can cobble together with her very limited intellectual capacity. Joy Reid is a dumb person. Very stupid person. And, um... And yeah, so that's what we have. Over to our Super Chats. Let's get a couple in there. Ray from NJ. I did not see this last night. Wait a second. That's not from last night. That's from December 7th. What the hell's going on right now? Anyway, Stostube from tonight says, Awesome week of guests lined up. Thank you, Frank. Also, a shout out and a what's up to my partner in Super Chat Crime, the one and the only, Jay Brits. Wow. They've teamed up. What the hell is this? And then there goes Jay Britz showing up. Says, hey, Frank and Frankly's Trump 2024. So Jay is very happy with what's going on over there in Iowa. And uh, yeah, let's take some of your calls now. 914-200-0269. Be great to have. I saw a couple of calls coming in and then bounced off. We'll take those in just a second. Um, And while they come back, River Pike, thank you. Blaze TV had J6 footage showing Pelosi's guy committing perjury at an Oath Keepers trial. They'll, you'll, listen, we'll be finding dead to rights, caught red-handed evidence of people committing perjury, of there being uh, completely different aspects of that day, of all the footage that was collected on the campus over there in D.C. that completely contradict the, uh, the narratives that they put forward, we will be finding that for years. There'll be new smoking guns every couple of months for years, if not decades. And whoever is, is elected president, if they are not the ones who go and, uh, and, and let these people out and put an, an end to this, then there's still going to be people in jail all those years later. 
So that's another thing that I'm less and less compelled to go and line up and, and you know, lick my chops over the latest footage or the latest uh, evidence that, that proves that this was all one big railroad job. It, we, we've seen enough. I'm sure there's going to be more. But what comes of this when the people who perpetrate it don't care? They don't care. This is a war right now. Uh, Axapax, thank you so much for the cookies. Thank you, Sean Joe. Thank you, River Pike again. Purposeful, thank you. Or Porpoiseful. Um, more from Sean Joe and Porpoiseful. NJSF. Curious Patriot says, Sununu is a piece of shite. And you're not, Frank. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that I'm, so glad I'm not counted among the shite pieces. Anyway, call in. What do you think about what's going on here? I've got other things that we can bring up in the meantime. I have some more uh, media to watch, but I'd love to call uh, to take some of your calls. Sorry, a couple of those got missed. Um, let's see here. Jesse81138, Amethyst Cat. Frank, can you give a shout-out to Sheeple Beware? It's his birthday today. Really? Well, happy birthday to Sheeple Beware. Hope he's enjoying himself in the chat room out there. Shaquille Oatmeal is here. He says, just ended an 11-hour workday and felt I needed to donate my gratitude for your podcast stream filling my day. Let me tell you, I began working at 9. About 9 o'clock is when I did our little coffee stream. As soon as that, I started writing for tonight. Then I had two meetings on the phone. And then after that, I had to read nearly 100 pages of Lucifer's Hammer because this week of work has been so crazy. I have not been able to read piecemeal like I wanted to, which would have been a lot more relaxing. So uh, then I'll be live until about 10, and then I'll be encoding podcasts and putting things up and doing that shit until maybe about, I don't know, close to 11. So uh, whatever the math is on that, that's my workday so far. Let's take a call. 540, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going, Frank? It's Sal. Hey, Sal. How you doing? Good man. Hope you're uh, staying warm. Hope you're not slipping around in the snow and the ice. You know, there's a there's a lot of ice out there. I think it's very cold. We have not gotten that. Hold on. There ain't nothing out there. I think we might have gotten an inch, if that. Whereas yeah, over here in Virginia, we we I woke up and uh, work was canceled. So <laughs> how much did you get? Not much, man. I think two and a half inches, but I work at a community college, so I'm assuming because of surrounding areas in the mountains, they decided to close everything down because they didn't want people, you know, driving around in this in this kind of stuff. Yeah, it had to be around here, too. They they canceled uh, school for some of the local high schools, and um, I that made me think that somebody knew something we didn't, that there was going to be some, you know, larger quantities of snow showing up in the second half of the... Um, of the day, nothing happened. It did get cold out there. I'm sure it's a little slippery yeah. on the road, but uh, I don't know. Compared to a week ago when they said that today we were going to get a foot, uh, that obviously did not happen. Yeah, we were we were uh, told that about a week ago we were going to get three, four inches. Nothing happened, and we woke up without a warning, and this is what happened. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, at least you got the day well, off. Well, I was calling. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. You got the day off, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I'd rather be working, man. Sitting inside is boring. Yeah. Okay. But I was uh, I was calling because uh, you know we were you uh, I love uh, I love your 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 uh, your love for Nikki Haley. I mean, you know, um, uh, Nosferatu Haley. I mean, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta love her. The funny thing about her is, you know, she was asking for the whole name verification uh, situation, and you know, I, I I like that you didn't even know. Uh, I mean, because 
visually she looks like a white woman. I mean, nothing against that, but her real name is Nimarada Ranhawa, which I think is funny because, I mean, imagine having Vivek and then Nimarata. That would be a really interesting situation going on. And then another thing which I thought was funny was that she actually, her husband is named Michael Haley, which his real name is Bill, but she decided that she liked Will. I mean, she liked Michael more, his middle name, so she dis- she made him change his middle um made him go by his middle name as opposed to his first name, which I think is funny. Are you serious? Yeah, she, dude. She... It says uh, personal life. Haley was, or uh, Michael Haley was known as William or Bill until he met his future wife and started <laughs> calling him by his middle name, Cuck. Oh, my God. Honey, I think if Lauren ever said, you know, now, and now there are people who out there who, there are, there's one person in this world that calls me Nick. Um mm. And that's my middle name, but it's not because of Lauren. Oh, you're and, definitely Italian, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, so, something like that, something along those lines. But yeah, yeah. It, it, if Lauren ever said, hey, uh, you know, I really think you should be going by Nick, I, 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 that would just be a one-afternoon joke between us conversation. The fact that he actually considered what Nikki had to say and took her advice, if that's exactly the way it all played out, for uh william that is incredible Well, i mean i i did a little research and the funny thing was is that he actually went by bill and she didn't like it so she made him go by william and then she didn't like that so she started calling him michael you know what none of this fits you i don't like these names i don't like these names i think michael you were born with this these these are your catholic names nope let's change them no i'm your mother now i'm your mother now. yeah yeah i'm uh what's her name again uh uh I'm Nimarada Rondahawa, Nikki Haley to you, and uh, you know it's not my real name, but on verification, I'll go by Nikki. You know what she she essentially did? Uh, can I borrow your last name, William? Because I, right, I, I right. I'm I'm in the middle of covering up my own name. Um, I'm can, passing, but you know Rondahawa is not really a passing name, if you know for Nimmer. politics for warmongering. Uh, I know, I know. Too bad. Too bad. Yeah, I mean, who? So who? Sad. And really, who's suppressing Nikki Haley? Who is suppressing Nikki Haley? Nikki Haley's suppressing Nikki Haley. If you think about me, dude, you're asking I me. I mean, the more she speaks, the more she does herself a disservice. Let's be honest. The things that come out of her mouth are just asinine. I mean, I like. I, I'd rather listen to Nancy Pelosi speak. I mean. Anyway, well, that's sad. I uh, thank you for bringing that up. I did not know anything about that, my friend. Thank you for that. And no and worries, Frank. Love calling in. Thank you for everything you do, as always, brother. You got it. Enjoy the rest of your night off. I don't know how you're going to spend it, but spend it well. Um, I'm here with y'all. All right, take care. That's great. That's great to hear. Nimorata. Inimorata. Inimorata. Say you'll be mine. If all lips should meet in Nimarata, kiss me, kiss me, sweet in Nimarata. My name is Nikki Haley now. Call me Nikki. Freak. Anyway, let's take some more. Let's take some more of your calls. So I can wash away the pain of this evening. 914 200 0269. 914 200 Okay. No, that sounded good. I'm just checking out all this thing. Anyway, here we have a little bit of a clip from Davos. 
Of course, uh, Zelensky is there. What is this? A This is a, a clip of Anthony Blinken. Anthony Blinken meeting with Zelensky at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Um, and here is how that all went down. Thanks so much. Well, I'm not sure who's hosting. It's so, so, so good to see you, uh, all of our colleagues. And uh, I just want to start by conveying um, President Biden's strong, enduring support uh, for Ukraine. Uh, this at a time when you continue to face an almost daily onslaught uh, from Russia, uh, attacking uh, infrastructure, attacking... Uh, yeah, anyway, anyway, Mr. Zelensky, we, we just want to make sure, do you have enough cocaine to get through the winter? We just want to make sure you have enough cocaine to get through the winter. You do? Okay, great. Well, well, Mr. Biden sends his regards. Thank you. Next meeting. And then, uh, and then Zelensky pretty much called to put an end to Putin. In fact, Putin embodies war. We all know that he is the sole reason why various wars and conflicts persist and why all attempts to restore peace have failed and he will not change. Oh, do you mean you mean the attempts that he he made to sit down and negotiate that you were actually willing to take a couple of years ago? But the American government and all of our internationalist friends and our banker friends uh, said, no, don't do it under any circumstances. Talking about that, the only thing that this guy has going for him is that his costume looks comfortable. The fact that the costume that the CIA gave him is a comfy sweater and, you know, some boots and uh, and uh, and some some cargo pants. I don't know. See, it seems like you know, I'd rather wear that than wearing a suit. You know, suits are always very stuffy. I'll wear them. I think I look pretty good in suits whenever the, the time calls. But, but his costume, if you're going to have to wear it for an extended period of time, I, at least he's got a, a comfy sweater to wear to go along with all the cocaine. Anyway, so to hell with him and to hell with his war. Well, it's not even his war. What am I saying? Anyway, that's what we have. That and more. I mean, there's nothing else that we can really say about that stuff, about the the Iowa thing. I think we got everything out that we needed with uh, with Rich. Uh, let's see here. Shaquille Oatmeal says, as I was at a client's house today catching last night's stream, I got the Christie's bow out. I cried laughing. I know. He, it was really nice of him. Seriously. I'm so impressed with Chris Christie and his honesty. I've never seen anybody being that honest on a... Uh, for anything, especially not a politician. Here he is again. Hi, I'm Chris Christie, and I'm dropping out of the race because I'm a fat piece of shit and nobody cares about me. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a nice day. <laughs> oh, man, you remember when he used to be the governor of New Jersey? All those many years ago. <laughs> it's like, I love that because he just sounds like he just came to terms with so much. Hey, listen, I'm bowing out. And, of course, he said what he had to say. What else is there? Let's take another call. 813, you're on the air. What's going on? It's a Tuesday night. Good evening, Frank. This is uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille Oatmeal? Yeah, uh, Shaquille, it, sa- it, sounds, it sounds like the, uh, the, the phone is in your esophagus. 
Oh, shit. Okay. Hang on a second. All right, how about that? Oh, wow. Okay, thank you for taking it out of your throat. Sorry now, about that, man. I thought these new earbuds would actually work. No, I, I, to, and you know, you know what else? <laughs> you know what, Shaquille? I knew exactly. I knew that you were using the earbuds because people have tried them before. They are the absolute yeah. worst thing that you can ever do for a phone call or a live stream. So use those microphones for the, the earbuds. I knew that was what it was. Go ahead. Uh, I apologize. No, but uh, I have a question for you. So what do you think about Vivek Ramaswamy bowing out? And first and foremost, I have to ask you, do you think he's a plant? I personally do. I, the WEF footy, you know, like, and then the fact that he tried to sponge it and the fact that now, I mean, now Trump's endorsing him and what I proposed before with Tucker being, you know, White House secretary, because everyone's like, oh, be, let's make him the vice president. That's a terrible idea. He, he's more beneficial as a voice. And granted, I mean, I like Tucker. I really do. I don't think he's a plant. I don't think, you know, he has ties. His father has ties to the CIA or whatever. But I, I think he's on the right side of history. You know, I like him. But I have a question. What do you think Vivek Ramaswamy being tied to the WHO? Or, I'm sorry, the WF. Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, and there are there have been people out These there. These are questions. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I then again, there is how many, how many people have said, hey, well, listen, you know, with the whole Ukraine war, um, I, I've had plenty of people say, hey, Frank, you gotta, you gotta just look at both sides. Uh, Vladimir Putin, WEF. It's political uh, theater, though. You, all right, if if if, <laughs> if Putin wanted to like fucking glass Ukraine. He's being very kid gloves. I don't think it's actually that. I think he's trying to liberate them. I mean, I'd hate to be that fucking guy, but I mean, I I believe that. Well, that's I think what, he sees the writings on the wall. I'm sorry. No, that, that, that's I, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. You know, people that they'll use that uh, they'll use that as a barometer for hey, the, and I can see why. I mean, the WEF they have. Uh, no stated purposes that I find to be beneficial to the world because everything that they say that they want to do, just like the UN, they wrote it into the book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they wrote. We I mean, have Oysterface himself. Like, who? No one elected these people. They don't speak for us. Well, here's the thing: while we're over here again, uh, getting into petty arguments and running ourselves ragged, and this is, you think it's a petty? I mean. I know what you're saying, but this isn't a petty argument. The 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 conversation is not being had about Vivek Ramaswamy. No, no, no. What we were previously talking about, but I mean, my question was Vivek, and we you know tangent. But I mean, I, we can go from either of those. I mean, I personally think that Vivek is, you know, the red Obama personally. Well, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people that have have put together those really incredible videos of him, what seems to be plagiarizing a lot of Obama's speeches. I saw the the W. What about the pharma thing? Personally, what? like your your theory. What do you think? His flip flopping on COVID. His flip flopping on mandates. I mean, I mean, I'm not. It's not a gotcha moment on him, but it's like you have to take a stand. You have to take a side on that. Oh, I don't, you know, uh, I don't think Donald Trump did very good with COVID. Uh, no, it, fuck no. He was so... a big pharma salesman, and I'm not, and, and I'm not anti-Trump. It's just like, it was either he was given terrible information, and he ran with it, and he's, 
he has an ego, so he's not going to be like, oh, I was, I, I'm the godfather of the vaccine. Operation Warp Speed was not a great plan, considered, but again, he he had those people who told him what to say. We we are the trusted, you know, individuals who have more knowledge on the you know the subject matter. But the thing is, it's like, why would you force vaccinate? <laughs> All right, so um, I got a lot to say on this, but back to the Vivek Ramaswamy. I, 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 I could I could literally ask you these a bunch of questions. I would really like to know what you think about this. But Vivek Ramaswamy, do you think do you think he's a wolf in sheep's clothing? Oh, okay. Well, that's, since it's the let, let me let me just uh, vibe out with this one a little bit. Thank you for the call. Since that's the it's the fifth time he asked. So uh, let me just say I don't know. I didn't do the work that someone like uh, Polly did. I've seen uh, amazing Polly do stuff. I've seen even Owen Benjamin take uh, pretty valid swipes at um, at Vivek Ramaswamy for his, you know, his uh, exploits and and uh, and adventures and in, in pharmaceuticals and and all that stuff. And then you know, and then there is also a history of speaking in front of a camera and seeing flip fly. You say, is it is it a flip flop or is it a somebody who is maturing politically is it somebody who's going through an awakening moment are those allowed anymore can you trust anybody to have those types of things you know uh, is it an, an imperfect uh, is it another uh, example of an imperfect um uh, person in a situation where the time is right for them to grow I, I don't know i don't know um like i said my only real my only real uh time analyzing Vivek Ramaswamy was with all of these little tiny clips of him owning Nikki Haley and uh you know uh, uh, talking uh, making very very wise statements and handling the questions from uh global warming uh you know purists and loyalists and all that stuff uh from what i have seen he knows how to handle a crowd he knows how to handle tough subject matter in very concise ways and with tremendous recall. I think he's intelligent. But what did I say early on? I mean, the, most of this primary season, I really was not paying too much attention. It's really a waste. Now, obviously, somebody in the primaries stands to inherit by no effort of their own a nomination by default if all of the lawfare that they are attempting to take uh Donald Trump out with comes to pass. One of them stands to inherit that nomination by default. They, I think, whoever's in right now is still just, you know, do I have enough money in the kitty right now to 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 catch the nomination into my lap if if this doesn't work out for Trump because of some kind of legal jujitsu that's being used on him. Uh, but other than that, what did I call Vivek Ramaswamy? I said he's the the dark pony candidate. That he makes some, he makes some good, um, he makes some good points, and I've uh, I've enjoyed some of his takedowns, but other than that, I, I don't really find anybody in this field right now very serious. It's a very unserious primary. So, if he's meeting with Donald Trump right now in New Hampshire, like Bill, like like <laughs> Bill Barris said, like Richard Barris said. 
then uh, obviously he has not burned the bridge to, to Donald Trump completely with what had happened in the last couple of days of him saying, if you want to save Donald Trump, vote for me. Which, um, you know, that got a lot of people ticked off and even elicited some some responses from Trump. But what are they talking about right now as they meet in New Hampshire? I don't know. I don't know. And hopefully Donald Trump has a little bit more, uh, has, has some better advisors around him than he did uh, the first four years. Because I'm sure that if he really is poised to somehow overwhelm the fraud that has now had four more years to refortify itself because the machines are not going anywhere, the ball- the uh, the mail-in ballots are not going anywhere, and the voter rolls are not getting cleaned up or reset or anything like uh, Marley Hornick has been talking about in all the time she's been on this show. That's not going away in 10 months. It's all still there. So um, I don't know if he really is poised to overcome all of that stuff then it would be uh it would be interesting to see what someone like Vivek Ramaswamy is uh, is asked to do because i don't think in any way shape or form he's going away he has made uh made he he's made way too many people tip their cap to him and like i said i'm not the one to go to for uh deep dive research into vivek ramaswamy he's he's been he amounts to a collection of sound bites to me so um but we'll see we'll see and i uh and i i'm watch how everybody else is doing their digging and they seem to be coming up with things that is very definitive in their eyes so and i know uh, you know anything wef anything wef any kind of soros you know, if George Soros or his his siblings or any of his open societies, foundations or affiliates is involved in sponsoring a person's higher education or things like that, that is another big tip. You know, that, that stuff goes a long way in discrediting a person. And you know what? If you're coming up in the world and you you want to be active on a big scale, either in big business, corporate world, or eventually in uh, making that transition into the political world, uh, you have to understand. You have to understand what affiliations like, you know, George Soros being your main education sponsor means for you going forward. And you're going to have to be answering for these things. I don't know. Anyway, that's what I got for you on that. And, um, and yeah, let's take a really, really quick break again. And we come back, we're going to do more of your calls in a little bit on the uh, the Vigano, a very quick thing on Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. I, uh, th- I thought this was a great article. It's a very short one. We can just throw it into the mix the last 25 minutes of the show. And I hope you're still here. In fact, help me share the show so we can get um, we can get a lot more people showing up and having a good time for the second half the last half of the second half, and then it's book club time. It's overtime. Book club time. We'll be right back. Capitalism doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. What do you think about the U.S. government putting all the illegal immigrants here in this hotel? How you can put the illegal immigrants in a hotel? Mm-hmm. That's it. 
So what do you, do you think it's right what's going on? No, no. it's not right. We all came at a certain time. I mean, somebody came 100 years ago to America. Somebody came 200 years ago. Somebody came 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. We, in the end, we're all immigrants in this country, correct? Mm -hmm. But it's a certain way how we're getting in, right? This is what's going on. It's just bizarre. It's bizarre. And, you know, why we have to pay our taxpayer money? New York City, we're suffering with it, with everything, with homelessness, with shelters, with all the people. And why are we getting this? Mm -hmm. Why we have to pay for it? There's a lot of people here in the streets here in New York that are suffering, and they can't even get housing. But illegal immigrants that come over the border illegally get They're calling housing. them immigrants. They're not. They're illegal immigrants. Mm -hmm. Because they cross the border illegally. Right. I love this country. They're best. We're in a big hole. We have to get out of it. That's all. God bless America. Four two four four two four. Do you hear me? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, it's Carlos out in LA again. Hey, what's going on, Carlos? Good to have you. I had myself muted. I'm... Oh yeah, gotcha. Um, something the call's a little shoddy. As long as I sound okay on your end, I'm good. You sound great. Anyways, yeah. um, and I was thinking about that question you got asked about five times about Vivek, and I think to myself, look, I can only go off of my experience in my career. You know what I do, and and I and I, and I work at very high level, right? And I have seen time and again, no matter what the industry you're in, this question, I, and by the way, let me preface by saying, I have no idea uh, uh, if any of these answers are accurate. I'm not in Vivek's head. I'm not in his world. I'm not in Trump's head, Trump's world, you know, so on and so forth, right? You know, I look at how I ascended in the career. And you get put on these lists, like these, uh, the World Economic Forum Future Leaders thing, and everyone's questioning Tulsi and Vivek. Truth of the matter is, is that they threw them on there, from what I understand, and hadn't been subject of that in my industry, where all of a sudden you're associated with an organization because they decided to highlight you as a future whatever. You know, for instance, for me, it happened in 2007 with the Hollywood Reporter. You know, mm -hmm. one of the uh, you know highlighting executives that were on the you know on the on the attention, and um, and then, you know, if you do well and you continue doing well, right? You know, you start you're kind of naive, especially if you're not from that you know, and you go along with it and you're excited and you're like in your thirties and you're just killing it and you just fall prey to the excitement of it all. And then you start getting invited to the upper echelons of whatever society it is. And again, whatever industry you're in. And then for me, there comes a point, there's a fork in the road where you start to see clearly because you're privy to conversations and circles and things. And you, you know, for me, I quickly knew what I wasn't willing to do with, but you come to a fork in the road where you have to make a moral righteous decision about which path you want to take, you know? And so I knew which one I took. I don't know which one Vivek took or Trump or any of them. But what I do know is that it is very real where you can get to a place where you actually start to change your mind about your positions in all of this. Look, I voted Democrat my entire life. It was 2020. I first ever, I was down ballot guy. I was so uneducated for all the smarts I had and all the university and all that stuff. I was so, 
ignorant. And, you know, in 2020, I voted for Trump. You know, and I don't know who I'm going to vote for next, if I even do. You know, my red pill has turned purple and it's on its way to being a black pill, to be honest. And so, you know, uh, I just feel like that for whatever Vivek is doing or not doing in the speeches, we all know it makes me suspect, too, to be honest, like, you know, the Obama speech and the whole thing. But let me tell you something. It's all controlled. You know, for any of us, in my humble opinion, to, you know, hook, line and sink or believe that it's this person that's right. It's that person. Then, then you're you're already starting out of the gate wrong because it's my opinion. It's all manufactured. It's just a matter of who the heck do we take a shot in the dark with purely because I want to be able to sleep well at night. And so, you know, those are my thoughts on it. I'm just, if you're still there, I don't even if we're still connected. <laughs> no, 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 they're, 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 they're great thoughts, you know, to, to, because everybody wonders, well, at least uh, people have wondered that um, at least one time in the last couple of years or last yeah. eight years is, all right, well, I know who Donald Trump is. I know I know the kind of life he's lived. I know he's a billionaire real estate developing playboy from New York City who's the, who has, uh, you know, uh, donated to both parties. And he's a, right. he's right. a, he knows all the right people in all the right places. He's been in the system. But at the same time, is is it so that everybody there, everybody who achieves at that level, are they all um, are they all malignant? Are they all malevolent being? Are, are I don't there, think so. I know? don't think so because I think what happens is you have to swim in those waters. If you're going to cause any change, again, I go back to what, what I do in my career. If you're going to affect change, and you know, after me being them trying to cancel me last year and the whole thing and blah blah blah, I'm still in the game. And I'd made a decision to stay in the game because if there is going to be any change in our industry and the content that's getting put out and at least what I can contribute to the world to get it back to a righteous, safe place, I have to be in the middle of the storm. How else are you going to change? It's not going to happen from the outside. Clearly, clearly it's not happening from the outside. You know, so, no, I, I don't know. I don't believe that everyone is, you know, malicious, you know, up at the top. And I, well, you know, you I know, give everyone the root. Carlos, to the point of you saying that there is also a chance and there's also, you know, because you you, you're in, you know, you're in Hollywood. So you understand, you know, you understand the importance of a character arc and you understand the importance of, you know, plots and rising action and, and the climax of a movie. Well, that can all be that can all be form fitted right on top of an individual person. What is their what is their what's their character arc like? Is it possible you know, after being, uh, having your education uh, sponsored by what, you know, being a Rhodes Scholar or uh, taking money from an open society's like foundation to sponsor your, your, uh, your, your higher education, doing all these things, being a Democrat for most of your, your life, working in big pharma, rubbing shoulders with, uh, with some of the, the more, you know, you know, the more, you know, the globalist power players there are out there. Is it possible mm-hmm. that there is, you can have your eyes open up to anything and, yes. and take a different, but, yes. but here's the thing. What do you, how much mea culpa, how much of a mea culpa needs to be delivered? Is it enough for, uh, for Vivek Ramaswamy to just say the right things on climate change and the right things on, you know, the, the relationship between the federal government and, uh, you know, the, the J- January 6th being a, a railroad job and all that stuff? Or should it be about, I've been on the inside, here's what I've seen, and I'm turning my life around? Do people need to hear those stories I, of turnaround? Or is it... I mean, I think they I think they do, but I think it's a very... Tell- I'm telling you, when, 
the dance is very delicate and at any point you can fall off or get pushed off. And so, you know, to assume that it could be that, I'm not saying you are, I think in general, because I have these conversations in my personal and professional life, of course, and it's just such a delicate dance. And when you really know how it operates, you know, it's a delicate dance, you know, and they allow people to say what they want you to say until it's gone too far or until the agenda changes. Here's a new thought that I came up with today or the past few days mulling this over, which is, you know, if I'm going to play, you know, the opposite and go, okay, so they come suspicious of and Musk and what he's doing is suspicious of and even Trump I'm suspicious of and DeSantis and Haley, right? Why are they all speaking? Joe Rogan, why are they all speaking so openly? Is that, is it a new, you know, uh, 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 chessboard, you know, sort of move where, oh, they know that we know. So now they're going to confuse us even more. Like, that's where I go. Like, okay, so why are they all speaking truth and why are they still here? Right. Because, you know, if you look at what they did to even Lincoln and they, what they did to JFK and Hinckley and all that stuff, so you think, okay, so when they don't want you here, they don't want you here. Alex Jones, I listen. Of course I listen. I listen to, I think I listen to all sides, all voices, because that's how I can put the pieces together. But, you know, why are they still here and allowed to talk? Why is, you know, it's like, so all I'm saying is for me, I take everything with a grain of salt. Yes, I do get excited. I'm a human being and I go, yeah, thank you. We got to win. But then I got to come back down to reality after that moment passes and go. So, but still, it doesn't make sense to me. I just find it all suspect. See, you know, know, I think that you have, uh, I think you probably have made a few people nod their heads. Carlos, and thank you for calling in. I'd like to, uh, ex- yeah, yeah, and, and keep and keep it up because these are two great calls in a row now. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, have a good one. And I'll talk to yeah, you yeah. soon. Oh shit! I thought that was the end. Anyway, that's the first time I hung up on somebody in 2024, and it was Carlos. I understand what he's talking about. You know where do, where do you go with it? You know what what does a person have to do to make you feel? All right, yeah, I know what life what life they lived before, but I think that they really are turning this one around. What monsters do they have to look in the face and call out? Is it, uh, you know, is how how deep into big farmers' pockets? How deep into political Zionism? How deep into? I mean, what what is it? What is it? Do they have to? For me, it's the Ron, you know, Ron Paul. Uh, that was all I really cared about. Depending on, no matter what kind of, and there's so many groups that are looking, that are 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 circling the carcass of the United States right now. So many groups that are circling the carcass of the United States looking to pick some more meat off the bones. They all go away. No matter what you think the greatest threat out of all the threats that we face really are, they all go away if we take control of our money. If we have sound money, if we stop foreign aid, we stop all the spending, and we return all of the major all of the power, or the power is taken back by the states, by local governments, and all that. I mean, our our money is everything. Our money is everything. Taking control of the the dollar is everything that kills foreign aid which also kills illegal immigration because that is another form of foreign aid that is doled out domestically through many different buffers. I mean, it's just things like that. Taking control of the money, 
uh, undue influence. It, 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 it's just little tiny things. So I don't know what you think, and I'm sure that everybody stinks to high heaven. And there are things that I think Donald Trump could have done who have gone a little much farther away when it comes to COVID as well. If it were election day tomorrow, sure, I'd probably probably vote for, for Trump. Um, because like I said, I, I think it was on I think it was on last it was last Thursday with Adel that I said, I gotta tell you something, man. It's not very scientific at this point. I don't have a lot of faith in anything that happens in, in uh the federal government, and I just am ready to roll the dice on Donald Trump actually going out there and exacting revenge, which is just a way of saying enforcing the law because lawlessness is the new norms. It's the new norm. It's the old norm. It's just there. This kind of lawlessness with impunity, that is something I would love to see turned around on people uh, because it would be the righteous thing to do. Remember, everything done to him is is really something that they're, they're it's a shot across the bow. They're saying, look, we, we can wrangle King Kong, then we can squash you like a bug. Because other than that, all the solutions for the future is going to come from us. I don't know how many times we've got to say that, but um, th that's really what it comes down to in 2016. Um, you know, I, I uh, when I when I voted for Donald Trump, I was thinking about judges and I was thinking about somebody who's going to wage a war against the media and really give them problems. Someone who could possibly play a big role in anointing new media as the next big and long-lasting, um, you know, power player in the world. New media, independent media voices. And we got a little bit of those things. But other than that, even back then, I was just like, what, what do you think is really going to change? We're talking about generations, hundreds of years, inside the country and out. So, yeah, there you have it. Um, and then, of course, Twitter is just is just it's a it's a t terrible view, a terrible peek into the the mind of the most crazy people in the world. That's it. It doesn't really show you reality. And there's a lot going on over there. Something else. All right, take a listen to this. You want to talk about somebody who's speaking truth to power and doesn't care what happens to him. Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, better sleep with both eyes open, says Revolver. This is from a couple of days ago. In case you've been living under a rock for the past eight or so years and don't know what Pizzagate is, here's a brief explanation according to the left-wing site Wikipedia. Pizzagate is a conspiracy theory that went viral during the 2016 U.S. presidential election cycle falsely claiming that New York City Police Department had discovered a pedophilia ring linked to members of the Democrat Party while searching through Anthony Weiner's emails. That was um, bullshit. It was a little bit of a part of it. Uh, had It was more so John Podesta. But, you know, it's Wikipedia. It's all nonsense. The issue, says Revolver, with the media and the left wing's dismissal of the theory as a conspiracy, is that there doesn't seem to be a, gain or, uh, a grain or two of truth to it. Without getting to too much pizza, the truth of the matter is that an alarming number of elites are being apprehended for child pornography and trafficking. Jeffrey Epstein was operating a full-scale pedophile ring, and according to court records, Bill Clinton was allegedly knee-deep in it and preferred his girls young. Not only that, as we've talked about with um, Frank and Jim Zell many times on the, on the past, remember, not only was President Clinton 
a, a very buddy buddy with Jeffrey Epstein and hanging out and you know you know globe trotting with him. But at the same time, the Clinton White House was managing the Republican-led House of Representatives through blackmail, pedophilia blackmail, that they had collected on Dennis, uh, Dennis Hastert, the, the, the Speaker of the House, Republican Speaker of the House. They didn't even need, I mean, they, they, they kept the House of Representatives in check by holding pedophilia blackmail over him, over Denny Hastert. That they that they collected through COINTELPRO. So uh, it, it's just crazy how it's just whoever owns the leverage. They'll, it doesn't matter that, that the Clintons are into that shit too. It's just that Hastert doesn't have anything on the Clintons at the moment, and they have it on him. So what do you do? It's not that they disapprove. If they disapproved of Hastert if they found out what he did. Uh, then they would, you know, they would do something about it if they didn't like it. But um, there was an opportunity. There was an opportunity there. Now, this doesn't prove Pizzagate by any means, says Revolver. However, it certainly does lend credibility to certain aspects of the theory that suggests elites are involved in depraved activities concerning children. Um, let's see here. Where's Carlo Maria Vigano? I want to get right to that. Um, the Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell case has brought the Pizzagate narrative back into the spotlight, and now with the release of the Epstein files, it gained even more momentum. That's why it comes to, as no surprise that a video has been circulating featuring Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, who openly discusses Pizzagate and doesn't shy away from naming people like Hillary Clinton and John Podesta. Now, we always share the, uh, uh, we always approach this type of thing with a healthy amount of skepticism, but like we share with you, you can draw your own conclusions. The truth is, when it comes to them, uh, there's nothing. Uh, it's nothing short of crazy. It really isn't. Now, here is Antonio Sabato Jr., who I would love to have on this show. It's from January 6th. Listen to this. A few weeks ago, an important collaborator of Hillary Clinton and John Podesta was arrested for pedophilia and child pornography. I'm referring to Slade Summer, a man with ties to the world of Broadway and cinema, who play a role in the effort to debunk the infamous Pizzagate affair. That is, the network filthy complicity and horrendous crimes against minors that revolves around the international deep state. We have learned that certainly Jeffrey Epstein and most likely Ghislaine Maxwell were members of the Israeli Mossad. This makes us understand that the famous trips of many well-known people to Epstein Island were used to blackmail them by collecting evidence of their guilt in participating in heinous ritual crimes against minors. And he said ritual crimes, by the way. And if the heads of state and governance officials of the Western world do not dare to breathe out a word of protest against the massacres of civilians in Gaza Strip, it is legitimate to assume 
that this attitude is due, is due to the intensive dossier with videos inculpating them that are in possession of the Israeli intelligence services. The same thing must be happen with the preparation of the fake pandemic emergency, which was lavishly replicated in all the member states of the World Economic Forum and the United Nations, and also with the farce of the Ukrainian crisis. But this blackmail of the powerful of the world constituted the unifying The last three seconds cut off for some reason. Uh, he, I mean, that's that's pretty big. And again, and again, um, when we talk about how do, what does defeating, what does defeating the real true enemies of the world look like? At this point, is it just about being able to reclaim our homes? and our health, and our financials, and our families, and our friends, and um, letting God sort out the rest? If not, who do we vest the authority in to go out and make, make the, uh, you know, the, to, to attempt to bring people to justice? Where is the authority uh, vested at that point? But it's great to see, it's great to see that, that there is now a large growing consciousness and people who see things for what they are and are less and less inclined to shut up about it, especially Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. I think he's a great, great man, and I wish I knew him, honestly. Fantastic stuff. Well, there's that. It's 8.55. I'm going to go check out, see who has sent in any more Super Chats, and then we're going to be moving on to book club. So thank you so much for everything, everybody. Let's see. Uh, over on, we did Shaquille Oatmeal. Did that. Thank you, Road Trip, Lone Yukon. Thank you for your uh, bronze tier subscription. Road Trip says, local grand juries are the only way. DC needs a wall to keep in all the vermin for life. Yeah, we had a call about local grand juries, but again, again, tell me practically how this all works. You can get a local grand jury together, have them indict Hillary Clinton. Uh, what compels her to, sh to show up to court? I want to know what compels the people. You know, if if Washington D.C. if they can put together a local, they can put together a grand jury in Washington D.C. and indict literally anybody they want on the loosest of charges, the loosest uh, collection of evidence. If they can do that in D.C. and just churn out indictments and completely legally hamstring anybody that they want to destroy, let's say that there is an opposite to that situation. Let's say there's a a really, really nice conservative area where the citizens of that area have gotten together and they have put together a really good case and they've, uh, you know, they, they produced a grand jury that produced an indictment, a bill, a bill of indictment. What compels 
the greatest criminals in the planet, on the planet, to, I don't know, to present themselves anywhere. That's what I would like to know. Nana knows, thank you. Uh, Road Trip says Pluto moving into Aquarius minus one retrograde will remain for the next 20 years. Good time for change. Yeah, well, we have Jeff Harmon coming on the show in about a week and a half, so it'll be great to talk to him about that stuff. Zoso Dude, thank you so much. Alan Wrench says it's probably slip, slim pickings for DC for uh, in DC for honest people. No doubt about it. And Shaquille Oatmeal says, thanks for the expansion on my thoughts. Very reluctant to demonize, but it's a method of cover-up. Oh, oh, I know. I understand. Listen, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, I have questions all the time there, too. That's why, ultimately, um, you have to understand just how big of a player you as an individual really are. And if you're going to choose to play the game at all, you only have a couple of choices to vote. And you either say, okay, well, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a vote toward this person and we'll see what happens. And I'm not putting my heart and soul into them and I'm going to be willing to criticize them or I'm not voting at all. And I'm, I find that this entire system is fraudulent and I'm going to put my will and my attention toward what I can control at home and let, like I said before, God sort out the rest. It's completely what I would never uh, judge somebody for not voting. Just like I don't judge anybody for voting for Vivek Ramaswamy in Iowa or even Nikki Haley or or, or uh, Ron DeSantis. I might be like, why? But um, like really, our choices are really not that great. You know, here I am saying I would vote for revenge. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I would vote for Donald Trump for revenge. I know all of the main heavy lifting has to be done by us at home. So, um, and when I say at home, I mean literally at home. This is about creating a better humanity. We've got to make ourselves better. We've got to raise our children smarter. We've got to find ways of avoiding education, as it were, uh, nutrition, as it were, all those things, media, as it were, we have to, we have to, those are all the individual choices that make the world better place. So with that, thank you all so much. Tomorrow is Wednesday. We'll be back on it on Wednesday. Uh, Car Guys New England says, my wife and I got over six Nikki Haley flyers today in the mail going in my wood stove for free heating. <laughs> Trump 2024. Thank you so much, car guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, thank you again to Rich Barris for coming on and hanging out. And um, oh, I'm going to save that Bill and Ted question for tomorrow too, or whatever the hell it is. Got a great one tomorrow night with Matt from Cultivate Elevate. Don't miss out on it. And for those of you who are in book club, don't go anywhere. Or oh, actually, you do have to go somewhere. Click that unlisted YouTube link, and I will be there before you know it. Take care and good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters to all of my wonderful gold pillars who have now had the Kraken or the scratching released on your ass. And thank you to Car Guys New England, Jay Brits, and Stostube. Tomorrow is another day. I thank you dearly for tonight. Goodbye. <laughs>